This is Pastor Shane Jackson, pastor of Landrum Independent Baptist Church, coming to you live from the study here at the house on the Wednesday before Resurrection Sunday. We'll be looking at our fifth Bible study in the book of Galatians tonight on the freedom and the gospel. Notice what the Bible says in Galatians chapter number five. We'll read our text, pray, and then I ask you to pray as you listen. In Galatians 5, in verse number 1, the chapter, we're looking at the hope of righteousness, freedom, and the gospel. It says these words, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ (laughs) have made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We've been set free. Let us not be tangled in the yoke of bondage. Father, we pray today that you might touch us, enable us, and empower us. Help us, God, to be an encouragement to all that listen. I pray you'd anoint us and empower. Lord, if we can't preach in power tonight, don't, we, we don't need to be preaching at all. And Father, we tried our best and seemed like we've had hiccup after hiccup. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would anoint us and give us fresh clarity of mind. Fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. Touch the electronics. Pray everything to fall in place as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're looking at the book of Galatians in chapter number five, the freedom and the gospel. It's been said by uh, some of the founding fathers that it's, I would rather die on my feet fighting for freedom, talking about in this country, in America, than to live on my knees without it. Friend, I believe that's what we as Christians ought to feel about spiritual freedom about the liberty of living here in this greatest country on the planet, having the freedom to worship God in spirit and in truth. One of the greatest things that the gospel does for us as believers is set us free. We are set free by at least three things by way of introduction. We're set free uh, by and through the truth. Jesus looked at that religious crowd who had the Torah, who had the Pentateuch, who had the uh, prophets, had Moses, had the prophets, and, and they would not receive him. He came into his own, his own received him not. Jesus, looking at the Jews, said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank you, Lord. We find out that not only does truth set you free, the Bible, the truth, the Scripture, but trust Trust sets you free. Trust in what the Bible says. We find that in the book of Romans in chapter 3 and verse 24, being justified, woo, freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Amen. Through the forbearance of God to declare at at this time, amen, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Oh, thank God today we can say without a doubt that we have been set free by truth. We have been set free by trust. We've been set free by the innocent blood. I love what the Bible says in the book of Revelations in chapter 12 and verse 11. 
Thank God, thank God today for the snare-breaking power of the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We're set free by truth, by trust, by the innocent blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus. Amen. But we're set uh, set free, as the latter part of that verse said, uh, by the word of their testimony. Hey, look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 8, but what saith it? Uh, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, (laughs) that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Hey, this is what he said in verse number eight. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thine heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. Thank God we've been set free. The gospel has set us free uh, by a testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of the testimony. And so this, I, I say this uh, by way of introduction. Uh, I thank God freedom makes us free. Uh, thank God by trust, by truth, by uh, the innocent blood, by testimony. Uh, but we have freedom. We have freedom uh, from at least three things. We have freedom from the forces of darkness. Out of one into another. The forces of darkness. Colossians 1.13 says, Who hath delivered us, talking about Jesus, from the power of darkness and translated us unto the kingdom of his dear son. Oh, can I say today by the grace of God and the authority of the word that we are set free from the forces of darkness out of one into another. We're set free from the fear of death. Thank God. Hey, the fear no longer will destroy us, but thank God we look from destroying to deliverance. We're set free. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number two, uh, for as much then, uh, amen, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, uh, he also likewise, he also himself likewise uh, took part of the same that through death uh, he might destroy him that had the power of death, uh, uh, that is the devil, uh, and deliver them, uh, that's us, verse 15, uh, thank God who through fear of death uh, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Oh, help us, Lord. Uh, I thank God we've been delivered from darkness. We've been delivered from the fear of death, the forces of darkness, but from the fires of the deep. Thank God we, hey, we've been delivered from down to up, from hell to heaven. Thank God our future's looking great. Thank God the Bible says we've been delivered from the fires of the deep. Isaiah 14 verse 9 through 11 says this, Hell from beneath thee is moved for thee to meet thee out by coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the earth. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou all 
also become weak as we. Art thou become like unto us. Thy pomp is brought down to the ground. And the noise of thy, the worm is spread. Hey, can I say this? Hey, can I say that hell enlargeth herself daily? Hey, thank God. Listen, the devil was made, the, uh, the hell was made for the devil and his angels. Hey, thank God. I'm glad the gospel delivers us from the forces of darkness. Out of the snare of the devil. From the fear of death. Thank God we don't have to fear. Death is a threshold on which we live more than we've ever lived before. And we're delivered from the fires of the deep. Oh, thank God for what the gospel does. There's freedom and the gospel. Let's look at the message tonight. Think about this. Look with me if you will. We've read verse 1 of the book of Galatians. Let's read verse 2. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For though, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ, that is in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Oh, thank God. Can I tell you today, hallelujah, when I think about the gospel, amen, and the freedom that comes from the gospel, I want to look at the description of this freedom. What is Christian liberty? Well, we find out in in the book of Galatians, in chapter number 5, they seem to be losing sight of just what was liberty. It's almost as if they thought that it's grace that got them into the family and it's good works that keeps them in. Oh no, friend, the Christian is born of God. It's, he's God's freeman. He is the son of God. She is the son, the daughter of God. They're heirs. God is his and, and they are God's. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. He he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. Uh, uh, these blessings include uh, unqualified favor, justified from all things. Uh, we have life bestowed upon us, uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost living on the inside, access to the throne room by prayer, everything we need. Hey, man is provided at the throne room. Christian liberty is a life that's lived with these provisions of grace. We can operate because of grace. We're alive by grace. We continue by grace. We've been saved by grace initially. We're kept by grace continually. Life imparted to us by grace. We're sustained by grace. Justified by grace. Standing in grace. Taught and trained and discipled by grace. Amen. I got scripture for it all. Titus 2, 11 through 13. We grow in grace, 2 Peter 3, 18. We experience the riches of His grace, Ephesians 1, 7. Not just now, but eternally, Ephesians 2, 7. Hey man, the severest of trials, like what the whole world is seeing right now, His grace provides sufficient
sufficient, sufficient grace for us. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Hey, man, we humble ourselves and he keeps giving grace and adding grace. James 4, 6. He calls himself, woo, the God of all grace. 1 Peter 5, 10. Able to make all grace abound toward us that we may always have all sufficiency in all things. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It's evident that God has, through his ongoing grace provided program, set us free, sustains us. We continue enjoy Christian liberty. We're on his side and he's on ours. We're in his favor. Amen. Enjoying the freedom of grace continually. It is this freedom wherein we stand and we stay fast no matter what the cost. We preach it. We believe it. Amen. We never back down from it. Oh, thank God for the description of freedom. Paul is, is asking them, what in the world has happened that you've got tricked? Who's hindered you? Point him out. Verse 7. Who is it that does hinder you? It sure hadn't been the one that called you. Verse 8 of Galatians 5. Who is it that hindered you? Here's the cost of freedom. Although this freedom, let's just think about that on this thank God resurrection week when we approach what many call Easter Sunday resurrection Resurrection Sunday. Oh, when we think about the cost of our freedom. Oh, you say, what did it cost, preacher? Well, it didn't cost us a dime. Thank God. Grace is, amen, salvation is free. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The wage of our sin was death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our thank God for the gift. Oh, but it costs something. It costs the Lord. It costs Jesus Christ. What it cost him, preacher? Glad you asked. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Won't have a running fit. Fine. Thank God. Getting in. It's getting to be preaching time. Amen. Hey, what, what did he cost him? Hey, hey, the Bible says all the way back there in Isaiah 53, hundreds of years before Christ was ever born in Bethlehem. Here's what Isaiah said about it in Isaiah 53 and verse number one through three. I'll tell you what he did. He laid aside his beauty. It cost him his beauty. Oh, yes, it did. Don't think for one minute, friend, it didn't. Oh, yes. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness. What it cost, preacher, it cost him his beauty. And we shall see him, and there is no beauty that we should desire him. I'm just preaching the King James Bible to you. He is despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. What are you saying, friend? I'm saying, friend, it cost him his beauty. I don't see that in the text. It says there's no beauty that we should desire him in Isaiah. But when you read his prayer in John 17, it says this, I have, verse 4, I have glorified thee on earth. 
Hey man, we're 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 getting into the the mindset. He's he is going to Calvary. He is going to lay his life down, and he's praying for us. This is the true Lord's prayer, a prayer that only he himself could pray. And in verse number four, he's talking about getting that reinstated glory, that original glory. Oh, it says, "I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do." Verse five, Jesus praying to the Father. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. You see, friend, he laid aside his glory. It cost him his beauty when he came to this wicked world. It cost him not only his beauty. I'm talking about the description of freedom. I'm talking about this liberty we enjoy, the cost of it. It cost the Lord. It didn't cost you, but it cost the Lord his beauty. It cost the Lord his body. It's what Hebrews 10 says in verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For them would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, those Old Testament Testament lambs, goats, and, and bullocks, there is a remembrance it's again made of sins every year. It just postponed it for a year. Put it on the charge card for you. Woo! But Jesus come to pay the debt off. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of blood, that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. I'm getting so happy. It's coming so quick. I can't get it out. Verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, here it is, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. Thou had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure in therein, were which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. In other words, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Oh, I know we can't do it on Sunday when we come in for drive-in church. Oh, but if we could do the Lord's Supper, we eat that bread. This is what Jesus said. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Oh, thank God today as we commemorate the cross on this Wednesday, as we look toward the Resurrection Sunday. Oh, can I remind you, it cost the Lord His beauty. It cost His body. Oh, but it cost His blood. Blood. That's what the Bible says. Amen. It cost his 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 blood. Oh, let me let me get this one though before I go to the blood. Hey, I love his first Peter 2 24. You'll hear me quote this a lot. Who is on self by our sins in his own body on the tree? Preached on it Sunday, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Oh, it cost him his body. But let's look at his blood. Hebrews 
9, verse 1 says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service in worldly and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made. The first wherein was the candlestick, the table, the shoebread, which is called the sanctuary. That's that holy place. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, the ho- the most holy, the holy of holies. I like it. Which had the golden censer of the ark of the covenant overlaid about with gold. Wherein was the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. Look at there. Had the provisions, the manna, had the power, the rod that budded, and had the precepts, the tables of the covenant. And I'm talking about the broken tables. The law had been broke. But on top of that, great God Almighty, on top of that ark was a mercy seat. Amen. There's blood. Thank God on top of the broke law. Amen. Hallelujah. And over it, the cherubims of glory shout on the mercy seat of which we can't Amen. Now speak particularly. Hey, we're still in chapter 9 of Hebrews. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But in the second, that holies of holies, where the mercy seat, went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which had offered up for himself for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, and which would offer both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the surface perfect. But I like what it says on down in verse 11. But Christ, woo, being coming high priest of good things to come by a greater, more ter- a perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Hey, verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? It cost him his blood, friend. Oh, somebody ought to break out singing. I pray Davy will run. Amen. And Dwayne, somebody, some of you men, brother, somebody out there, when you listen to this. You ought to break out singing. What can wash away my sins? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. You see, the, when we think about the gospel freedom, the liberty that comes from knowing Jesus, hey, we're talking about a freedom that cost Jesus his beauty, cost him his body, and cost him his blood. And he willingly laid down his life so that you you and I, he died so we could live. He was thirsty so we could have our thirst quenched. Oh, bless his name. I say hallelujah. What kind of man would reach down his hand and do this for me? Unworthily, I'm not fit to kill. Hey, man, but the man on the cross put me in his will, said I could go free. Hey, Revelations 1 says, and verse number 4, hey, man, he's talking about, hey, in that first chapter of the book of Revelations, He's talking about, uh, oh, John's got the revelation. Let's look at verse 5. And he says this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the 
kings of the earth unto him that loved us. How'd he do, how'd he prove it? And washed us from our sins in his own blood. I'm saying, friend, it, the freedom, the cost of your freedom was Jesus' body, his beauty, and his blood. We're not safe from vain conversation received by tradition from our fathers. Hey, no, 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 no. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, foreordained before the foundation of the world. Thank God he was manifest through preaching in the last times. For I thank God it cost him his blood. Amen. We think about the cost of this freedom. And we think about the condition of this freedom. You got to look in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 6. What's the condition? What's the condition? Well, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, we think about the cost. We think about the condition of his freedom. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the grounds of our faith. It is a stand-alone faith. It's a faith that in chapter 5, the Galatian church, the local church, was told to stand fast in it. They were told to stand fast. Amen. And the faith wherein they were set free. They weren't set free by faith and grace and blood and love and then had to keep themselves free. No, friend. They're to stand fast. The grounds of our faith. Listen to what the Bible says in Second Peter in chapter 1 and verse number 3. According as his divine power, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertained unto life and godliness by the knowledge, by faith, by knowledge of him that hath called us, amen, to glory and virtue, whereby are giving unto us, given freely, not earned, not deserved, Exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of, of the divine nature. You see, God gave us everything that we needed to get saved. We didn't do a thing. We couldn't know, sir, by grace, God gave us the faith. You see, we're saved by grace through faith that not of yourself is the gift of God. The Bible says, if God peradventure give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Oh, Frank, can I tell you today, God gave you repentance and God gave you faith. Hey, it's a whosoever will gospel. Hey, man, but it's not a whensoever will. No man can come except the Father draw him. And I know that when he died at Calvary, there was a general drawing, but there's an individual drawing and no man can come except the Father sent me. And when he draws you, I meant they ain't nobody going to get converted by the Savior that hadn't first been convicted by the Spirit. Amen. And that comes because they've been convinced by the Scriptures. Yes, the condition of the freedom. Amen. The grounds of our faith. Amen. But then thank God. Here, think about this. The grip of our faith. The grip of our faith. Oh, would you listen to me today? The grip of our faith. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, thank God, not only do we have a standalone faith, but we got a stagger not faith. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We've got a stagger not faith. The grip of our faith. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 20. He staggered not. 
Hey, I stagger not, faith. He staggered not at the promise of God, talking about Abraham, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Not now. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. To whom it shall be imputed. Woo! Don't you glad one day it got imputed to your account? Amen. Hey man, what a trade. He took your sin and you got his righteousness. Hey man, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Let me just say, thank God for the grip of our faith. I'm glad it, hey man, it ain't about us gripping him, it's about him gripping us. I'm glad his faith got a hold of me, amen, so I could take hold of him. Hey, when my, my strength gets weak, his never does wane. His never does fail. We have a stagger not faith. We have a standalone faith. We have a steer your course faith. Amen. Look at the guiding of your faith. Amen. In the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed. All the way back to chapter 1. He's nailing this thing to the wall. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from, removed from him. Removed from him. How is it that you got removed from him, that is Jesus, that caused you into the grace of Christ under another gospel, which is not another gospel. There, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, that is that you're saved by grace through faith, and that alone, amen, that's a stagger not faith. That'll always steer you right faith. That's a standalone faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I like what Galatians 2.20 says. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by. Yee, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. I thank God we live by the faith. Amen. That he gave me. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. For the guiding faith, the grip of faith. It's a stagger not faith. It's a steer you right faith. It's a standalone faith. Thank God when we think about the cost of this freedom, the condition of this freedom. Let's look at the consolation of this freedom. Look at our text chapter, Galatians 5, verse 5 and 6. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness. What do he say? By faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, then what in the world does avail something? He says in verse 6, again, but faith which worketh by love. Oh, ain't you glad God gave you faith because he loved you? It wasn't by labor. It was by love. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, fresh in from glory. Thank you, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, <laughs> that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hey, man, here in his love of God, what is it, preacher? Not, not that we loved him, but they loved us. <laughs> and laid down and gave himself a ransom. Amen. I'm glad he proved his love and he laid down his life for us. Oh, yes. Can I say the consolation of this freedom? We have a consolation.
consolation. What is it? Hey, man, we have a consolation prize, if you will. What is it, preacher? Well, it's a pardon. Isaiah 55, I love this. Isaiah 55 says in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will abundantly pardon. I say glory to God. Hey, man, we have a pardon. We have a freedom. We have a consolation of this freedom. That is, we have a pardon. But thank God we got a peace. Look what Romans 5 verse 1 says. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I say, I'll go on record tonight and say, thank God. Hallelujah. It did cost, it didn't cost me, but it cost my Savior. And I'm reminded it cost him his beauty, cost him his body, cost him his blood. Oh, but thank God when I'm reminded of the condition, hey, the grounds of the faith, the grip of faith, the God of faith. In other words, it all came because of him and it all leans on him and it all looks at him. Keith steers my course, helps me not to stagger and helps me to stand awake, aware, hey man, and alarmed at so many people falling by the wayside. Oh, it gives me a consolation in the pardon, in the peace. Amen. Bless the Lord, my soul. But thank God we've got a patience. We've got a prospect. Look what the Bible, we've got something in the future waiting on us. He says this in Romans 8, verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what doth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Oh, thank God for a patience now and a prospect of glorious liberty there. Hallelujah for pardon. Thank God for peace. Thank God for patience. Hallelujah for a prospect of the future. Thank God when I thank the Lord about the description of this freedom. I don't know how in the world, hey man, we can focus on anything else but the joy and the liberty and the freedom that God gave us. The danger, there's a danger in this freedom. Look at our text chapter in verse 13. Let's walk through the text chapter a little bit. Let's unpack, let's unpack the text chapter. Oh my, listen to me. Listen, Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. See, there's a danger in this freedom. Liberty is not a license to live lasciviously or licentiously. Don't have an ungodly behavior as Jude warns about. Oh my, hey, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. 
Oh, don't, don't be, don't be like that. What, what in the world? Hey, listen, this liberty does not give us a license. No, we've got to be on guard because there's a danger in this freedom. There's a danger that needs to be prevented. Verse 7 of Galatians 5, our text chapter. There's some things that can prevent us from running well. And we can prevent being messed up by these things if we can just be awake and aware and alarmed about it. Oh, I'm trying to wake you up. I want you to know today that you're still in this flesh and we need to be aware there's two dogs inside of us and we need to quit feeding that old black dog and start feeding that white spiritual dog. Listen to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion, there's a who, there's a what. The what is the persuasion, the belief they begin to establish. What in the world, what, what is it that pre- was preventing them from running well? And how do we need to prevent that from tripping us up? We've got to recognize some things. We've got to recognize there's weights. I've got to move quickly. We've got to recognize weight. You see, all sin is weight. Yes, sir. But all weights are not sin. Some of them, some of us today, if we would just be honest, if some of us would be honest, friend, I believe we could be honest today and we'd admit the fact that we're holding on to some stuff that we don't need to. Oh my God, can I tell you today, I, I, I'm going to tell you there's some weights that are hindering you and, 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 and there's some things that are bothering you that you need to lay down, but some of it's sin. Some of it's sin. See, some of it's wants. It's the pull of this wicked world. It's materialism in this world. It's things that the flesh wants. And we need to be aware of that thing. Be alarmed. Hey, it's not just weights. It's not just wants. It's wealth. How, listen, I warn preachers all the time at the Bible college. You better watch out for flirty women. You better watch out for filthy lucre. And you better watch out for fame. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, listen. Flirty women, filthy lucre, and fame. And the filth of this world, number four. You better watch out. Better watch out for wealth. Better watch out for wants and weights. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? If you don't watch it, I preached a message one time on headed to the junkyard. Right, listen, there's people out there today that's listening to this podcast, and, and you're running low on spiritual oil, and, and you're running low on spiritual water. You've not been getting in the Holy Ghost. You've not been praying in the Holy Ghost. You've not been seeking God, wading out into the deep things of God. Hey, during this quarantine, you ain't been getting in the Word. You've not been here. About the only time you read the Bible is when your preacher does it, and now that we're, we're having to listen to the podcast folks ain't doing it i've got bible college students ain't even listening uh to their classes they're not turning into work I, i'm just wondering out there are you could you admit it that you're running low on oil running low on water and i'm gonna tell you you'll head for the junkyard quit uh, quick you'll get hot hey man hey man you'll start knocking you'll get to missing hey man hey man you'll blow a gasket and everything will get all mixed up in the motor hey man and for long you'll be headed to the crusher are y'all listening to this preacher hey you better better realize there's some things hey there's some people who did hinder you what did hinder you this didn't come from the lord oh listen 
the I want to I want to look a little bit more who's uh, things that might persuade you. Who is it that hindered you? Verse seven. Who is it? See, there's some things that'll prevent you. There's some things that'll persuade you. There ain't but one that ought to be persuading us. Verse eight. Amen. This persuasion cometh not of him, of him that calls you. The the one that saved us and called us. Amen. With a holy calling. That's the one that ought to be persuading our lives. Not other people. Not other things. Hey, listen, these family members that'll persuade you. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They'll say, Hey, you need to raise your children like this. Oh, they're glad you got saved. Hey, if you're listening to me, they're glad you got saved. But when you start going all in for God, you start seeking God, you start wanting to live for God, your convictions get high. They'll want you to lower your convictions. They'll say, hey, you turned out okay, didn't you? Yeah, by the grace of God. They'll say, hey, you need to raise your children like I raised you. Hey, you turned out all right. Yeah, by the grace of God. Hey, they're glad you saved. But if, if you don't watch it, they'll, they'll almost think you got too saved. You're carrying this thing too far. You're getting overboard now. Hey, you better watch people that persuade you. I'm talking about family. Better watch friends. Oh, your buddies. You know, you know, hey, as long as you do what they do, you can come over to their house. But they're going to quit calling you. They're not going to ask to watch the game, watch wrestling with you no more. They're not going to pay for, they're not going to get you to pay for your ticket no more. Oh, no. Better watch. Hey, family. Friends, foes, when you become a soldier of God, you declare war on the enemy. Amen. I mentioned one time when I preached on wood toters, Paul was gathering wood to to build the fire. And, and I hope everybody's gathering wood for the fire. And uh, hey, hey, don't matter how strong you are, anybody can carry wood. Even a baby can carry a twig. Are y'all listening to me? But Paul had to fight some snakes. When he did some work for God, you know how you, you know how, you know how you'll never have conflict in your life. You sit around, don't do nothing for God. I'm going to tell you something. You start living for God. Hey, you'll, you'll be get people to try to persuade you. Hey, it'll be family. It'll be friends. It'll be foes. Uh, then, hey, it's preventions, persuasions. There'll be presumptions. Look at verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but love. Love and amen, but by love serve one another. There's a war in your flesh. Hey, turn if you take the word flesh, turn it around backwards. Drop the H. In other words, remove him out of your life. What's left? S E L F. If you live, there's a war in your flesh. And if you let your flesh run you in verse 16 and 17 of our chapter, this I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Oh, you better listen to me. Hey, hey, you better listen to me. You better listen to me now. Don't, don't let liberty be an occasion for the flesh. There's a war in the flesh. There's a wrestling match. There's a hand to hand combat. Hey, and you sin is selfish. Right in the middle of the word sin, I, I, sin is all about being selfish. Covenant your neighbor's wife, covenant your neighbor's goods. Hey, man, committing sin. Oh, you drop that word. Drop on the word flesh. Drop the H. Remove him out of your life. 
and you're living a selfish life. S-E-L-F. Are you listening to me today? There's a war in the flesh. There's works of the flesh. We find that in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do so things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? There is war in this flesh. Oh yes, there's works of the flesh. Paul said, hey, David even had enough sense. Put no confidence in the flesh. Keep it in subjection. Keep it subdued. Oh my, notice, notice this. There's works, plural, of the flesh. There's fruit, singular, of the Spirit. That's what it said in verse 22. Oh, listen. The works of the flesh. I don't have time to expound it. You can check it out. Look at the list. It's broken down in three categories. These works of the flesh. Some of them are sexual sins. Some of them are social sins. And some of them are spiritual sins. Some of them we can see. Some of them we can't see. But in the works of the flesh, in our text chapter, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we see sexual, social, and spiritual sins. These are the potentialities of the wicked nature that you have to wrestle with every single day. Oh, yes, there's a war in the flesh. There's a works of the flesh. I'm trying to tell you, there's some things that would prevent you, persuade you, and, and you better watch it. They'll be presumptuous. Oh, yeah, there's a war in the flesh. There's works in the flesh. And there's a need to wean the flesh. Look at chapter 5, our text, chapter verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Kill it. Starve it out. Don't feed. Evil prevails when good men say nothing and do nothing. Hey, don't let it overpower you. Kill it. Starve it. Crucify it. Reckon it dead. Mortify the deeds of the body. Amen. There's a danger in this freedom. But let me get lastly, in our last few minutes, on the duty for this freedom. Oh, my. Listen to me today. There's a description. There's a danger. There's a duty for this freedom. It is our duty. Oh, listen to me. I hope that God, you ain't turned me off. Listen, if you ain't, listen, none. Woo! Listen to me now. Listen to me, for God's sake. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me, church. One man said it like this. I believe it's best I ever read it. The Lord is voting for you. The devil is voting against you. So whichever way you vote... That's the way the election will be settled. Our way out is to walk in the Spirit. Oh, we have a duty. 
Because we've been set free, we have a duty to live for Him who set us free. It's like the it's like the man who bought the slave off the slavery block and then tore up their note of ownership and set them free. And that slave served them for the rest of their life because they did they weren't owned. They were set free and were the Lord's freeman. My grace, by the grace of God, we've been set free, and we have a duty to live for Him and to Him to honor him who set us free. Hey, hey man, if you got, thank God, a good preacher, then every time you come to church, every time you hear him preach, you got a good Sunday school teacher, they ought to make you feel uncomfortable in your sin. They ought to make, hey, they ought to convict you of your immodesty. They ought to convict you on your wicked manners and the mannerisms that ain't of God. Hey, preacher, what can we do? Chapter 5 tells us... Hey man, we've got to be led by the Spirit. Throw in your vote with the Spirit. Woo! Hallelujah, the Lord knows my heart, preacher. Yeah, God knows your heart. Hey man, and what's in your heart is expressed by the life you live. He's worked in salvation, Philippians 2 tells us. Now you work out salvation. What's in you will come out of you. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Oh my God. Hallelujah. If whatever saps in us comes from the roots and what's born in our limbs, that is the extremities of our life, amen, as a result of the sap of the Savior, right and up in our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless the Lord. We are to be led of the Spirit. Listen to me. Hey, Galatians 5 and verse 22. I like what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness. Woo! Hey, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, it lists a lot of things, but it's singular the fruit of the Spirit. See, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit, the results of the Spirit living in your life will manifest itself in love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Oh, my, would you listen to me today? Oh, my, our duty, our duty is to be led by the Spirit. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. Hey, did you notice that little word? Let me pause. Did you notice that little word, be? Beginning, verse 22, but. You see, many times in the Bible, God uses a but, amen, to butt into our life, amen, and depict salvation. You, I'll, I'll give you an example in Ephesians chapter 2, there's one. Amen. Talks about we walked according to courses, walked according to principle of the air. Amen. We're children of disobedience, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love with he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you're saying. Oh, he, he used that word but, that divine conjunction of contrast. And oftentimes God would stick it right in there. He'll, he'll, he'll demonstrate to us a description of our character in, in our sinful state. And, and when we were lost and undone and on our way to hell, uh, but then he butts in, and by grace we're saved, because of his mercy we're saved, are y'all listening to me, oh thank God, he does this but, not for salvation, but for sanctification, that one word, boy God can put a lot into one word, that one word but stands between flesh and the spirit. 
You see, in the flesh, you'll always produce idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, wrath, variance, enviance, murders, drunkenness, on and on and on and on. Some things are in the open, some things are underneath, and the things that are underneath will kill us if we don't watch it because those things are not often dealt with. Oh, listen to me today. We don't need to be led around by the flesh, but if we're saved, amen, the fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit will begin to be manifest. We need to be led by the Spirit. Amen. We need to live by the Scriptures. Look at verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Oh, oh my. Listen, I, I love I love this. In the holies of holies. You see, the burnt, the burnt offering, the blood, the guts, that was outside. But to get into the holy place, you had to go by the laver. You had to get clean. You had to get washed up. Oh, my. I'm going to tell you what. I believe in separated preaching. I believe in sin preaching. I, I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't live in the sinful world and then enjoy the Holy Ghost presence of God. Yeah, I mean, it's like churches trying to have a contemporary and old-fashioned service. You can't have it both ways. You're going to have to, hey, obey the truth. You're going to have to live by the Scriptures. You're going to have to be led by the Spirit. Obey the truth, James 1. I like what it said in verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. He tells us in the Gospel of John chapter 15. Talk, that's that Scripture talking about abiding in Him and He abiding in us. as dwelling, living, staying there. Hey, John 15, 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Hey, remind us, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed there unto thy word. Hey, Jude 20, verse 20. Uh, Jude 20 and, uh, and verse 21 tells us this. Hey, how can we live by the scriptures, preacher? Hey, verse 20 of the book of Jude says, Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? I want to live holy. Be holy as I'm holy. He tells us that in the book of 1 Peter. Oh, my. How? Be clean as I'm clean. Be pure as I'm. How can I be that? Be perfect as I'm perfect. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How, preacher? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Verse 21 says, Then keeping yourselves in the love of God. Amen. Hey, the Bible tells us in the epistle of John, the Bible tells us in the gospel of John, and the Bible tells us throughout the whole text. Paul tells the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5. Hey, he, he basically tells them the same thing. Hey, if you love God, then keep his commandments. His, hey, his commandments are not grievous. Hey, led by the Spirit. Hey, man, I know folks don't want to talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost and being, hey, man, being, being led of the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to tell you one thing, friend. Yeah, that's when you get low on oil, that's when you'll start knocking. That's when you'll overheat. That's when you'll start missing. That's when you'll blow a gasket. That's when you're headed for the junkyard. Y'all listen to this preacher. Oh, I'm telling you right now, listen to me. Hey, man, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, be led by the Spirit. You need to be living by the Scriptures, and you need to be loving on saints. I, I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says in Galatians 5, our text chapter. Look at verse 13. But by love, serving one another. Galatians 5, 13, latter part of the verse. 
Hey, look at Galatians 5 and verse 26, the last verse in our text chapter. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. Oh, Lord, don't let that be named among us. Look, you look back in chapter uh, 5 and verse 21. Envying is a work of the flesh. Are you out there envying today? Or are you loving? Are you loving? You see, what to be led of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about being led by the Spirit. What to live. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. By the Holy Scriptures. Led by the Holy Ghost. And we are to love holy saints. Now, I know some people out there may not like me calling them holy saints. But according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27, the Bible calls us holy brethren. Oh, can I tell you this? John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Glory to God, amen. By love, serve one another. It's by love that you're saved, and it's by love that men know you're saved. Oh, yes. You ought to love the Holy Ghost, walk in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, stay, stay, thank God, keep yourself in love of God. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord God, live by the Spirit. Live by the Scriptures, loving the Holy Word of God. You ought to love the Bible. You ought to crave the Bible. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Don't get mad at the preacher because he preaches on your sin. My God, hey, if he plows up your taters and dices them up, throws them in hot grease, amen, just eat the French fries and enjoy the blessings of God, that God loved you enough for him to preach on your sin. Oh, listen to me. We have a duty Yes, sir, we have a duty. We ought to walk in the Holy Ghost. Bible said, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with, with the Spirit. Oh, can I tell you this? This is what the will of the Lord is. He goes on to tell you what the will of the Lord is. What, what is the will of the Lord? To be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you believe it is not God's will for you to be drunk on wine, then you also have to believe because Ephesians 5, 18, it's in the context of the verse. I'm not taking it out of context. It's just as wrong not to be filled with the Holy Ghost as it is to be drunk, staggering drunk, out of control on wine. Now, I want to ask you a question. You've got a duty today. You've got a duty. I'm going to tell you the Lord's voting for you and the devil's voting against you. How are you going to cast your vote? I'm going to tell you how you better be casting it. I'm, I'm all in, preacher. I'm casting my lot with Jesus. I'm a going for God. Woo! <laughs> I'm a going with God. Hey, man. I want to walk in love. Hey, man, and be led by the Holy Ghost. I want to, I want to walk and live by the Holy Scriptures. I want to walk, live, and love the Holy Saints. Listen, the Bible tells us. Let's don't be desirous of vainglory. Let's don't provoke one another. Let's don't envy one another. Let's love on Jesus. Let's love on saints. Let's live by the Scripture. Let's be led by the Holy Ghost. We've got a duty. Watch out for dangers, things that would prevent you, things that would falsely 
persuade you. Who did hinder you? This persuasion, there's the who and there's the what. Oh, yeah. Don't let friends, family, and foes. Don't let wants, wealth, amen, and ways prevent you, persuade you. Don't be presumptuous. This liberty is not a license to live any way you want to. Oh, no. I'm told you. Take that, drop that H, drop that him, and all you're left with is self. My God, can I tell you, this wrestling match, we, hey, it's a fight, but it's a good fight. Hey, man, watch out. Oh, my, thank God for the pardon. Thank God for the peace. Thank God for the prospect. I want to say, preacher, are you serious? Are you serious that it don't cost a thing? It don't cost you a thing. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're hearing me today and you don't know Jesus, I pray, I beg, I plead the blood, I ask you, why don't you call on Jesus? He'll be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And for us that's saved, let us remember, during this time when we look toward the Resurrection Sunday, as we're sitting, counting back three days and three nights, and, and on this Wednesday we're contemplating the cross. Don't forget that this freedom, this liberty that you enjoy, that you and I Hey, man, that's been purchased, that's been paid for. It didn't cost you, friend, but it sure did cost the Lord Jesus his beauty. Cost him his body, cost him his blood. Oh, thank God for faith. Thank God for faith that grabs hold. Grabbed a hold of me that I could grab a hold of him. That guides me. Thank God that I can stand on, that I don't have to worry about staggering, that can steer my course. Oh, God, I pray today that we'd have a testimony. I pray that we trust in your word. I pray that, Lord, we count and believe on the truth. Thank you for saving my soul and delivering me from the power of darkness and death.